Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Thursday upon us, which made for some interesting marketing trades. I actually kind of enjoyed watching the turnaround that we saw within this cattle market today. We're going to dive more into what's going on in the cattle. Some decent numbers on these hogs. What, day two in a row? We'll go with that as well. Unfortunately... On the grain side of it, it's all about where it's going to rain and if it has or has not rained. Uh, we'll talk more about that weather market, but there's other things to look at in this grain complex as well. Joining me today is Brad Coima. Brad is with Coima Coima Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Let's dive into this cattle market. When we saw the live cattle this morning, I thought, oh, I don't know if they can pull it off to some higher numbers. And, and we did so by the close. Sure did, Susan. First of all, thanks for having me on. I always enjoy this. But you're right. I, uh, with particularly with what was going on in that corn pit, you know, yesterday we saw the feeder cattle uh, grab hold of that and break four dollars. Uh, come in this morning, and we're quickly three dollars lower on the feeders. Well, that kind of sets an undertone, obviously, you know, of, of uh, lower money. Um, and uh, you know, feeder cattle, that whole thing spills over into what the fat cattle are doing too. Now, the the, the live cattle thing. Okay, so this is. You and I have been talking a long time, but, but so here's the this is the time frame we're in, right? And and if all you traded was seasonals, you'd go broke. But the seasonal time frame we're in is that this is the time of year where beef market tops, box beef market tops, because you switch the feature and once you get close to Father's Day, away from the middle meats, the grilling stuff, to uh, more of a hamburger, hot dog type of feature when you get behind it. And the other thing that changes trend is typically the average weights. This is when the you know you start to get caught up with. Uh, the calf feds are, are getting more days on feed, and, and, and you start to see the weights increase. So those are the two seasonal things, in, and typically the cash market starts to go lower. So obviously the Packer's been trying his darndest to get his arms back around this uh, cattle market so that he doesn't have to chase like he has had the last several weeks. And it seems like this is the week where he's kind of made a commitment to that. Uh, so you're getting a few cattle bought a little cheaper, but it isn't exactly a flood either, and I still think... You know, some discussion on where we're at in terms of currentness and overall supply of cattle. Uh, tell you what, uh, Susan, that's going to have a vote at the end of the day, I think. Are the Packers going to continue to have some leverage, though, in this trade this week into next? They seem to have a little more inventory, which helps their leverage, uh, which is a little different than it was the last two weeks in particular, maybe three uh, where it just seemed like they just they didn't have as many captive supply cattle. They didn't have all these turn-in cattle, formula cattle, call them what you want, uh, and, and needed to participate more than uh, last week was one of the biggest participations in the cash market number of cattle that we've had in a long, 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 long time. And not coincidental that it was accompanied with sharply higher cash prices, of course. So, you know, when you're at 190, um, let's be honest, that's a tremendous price. It's all-time high price. It's hard you know, when you're when you're when you're running an engine that hot, it takes a lot of fuel. Okay, you know, and you got to have a lot of good news. So, there's been a, there's been some bids up here at 188. I know there were some cattle that did trade in Nebraska at 190, which is steady. It feels like maybe the market's going to be a little lower, but you know, I, I we're we're a little lower. It's still a very good price, and I guess my encouragement is to stay current. Uh, that, that's how we got here uh, by being this current, where we could say no to a bid if we wanted to. And, and I think with the discounted structure in the futures that that's what we'll still do. I think we'll stay very current, and that's why I think the futures are overdoing it, how low they are. I don't think cash is going to break anywhere near that, although I do think we can soften up some. We did see some higher boxes as well to settle out the day. You know, all the demand bears, Susan. I mean, that's all. I, it seems like every other comment you read or hear, you know, at least I do, and of course this is what I do, is, you know, this chirping about how, oh, you know, these people can't afford to eat meat and all this other stuff. And I'm going like, yeah, a friend of mine, 
uh, yesterday brought in a what, what the world it was a prickly pear. It was a it was a soft drink, okay, and it was a little glass and a half full of ice. And, and I said, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm gonna something like this cost six dollars, and I'm thinking like six dollars, huh? And we're worried about a ribeye being too high priced at twelve dollars a pound. I don't think so. So I, I I'm not really much of a fan of this whole idea that we've price this beef out of, out of range, maybe for some, sure, but I think that there's a segment that have learned how to cook a steak at home. They learned that during COVID, and I think they're going to keep cooking a steak at home. So let's look at these hogs. Some good positivity continuing for them. I know a few producers uh, tweeting out, it's nice to see that happening for once. Oh, man, it long overdue. Uh, those poor guys have had their back to the wall here for, for a long time. Uh, we are now starting to get up into these levels that uh, I guess in our opinion here at this office that now we finally, you know, maybe are resuming, you know, back to this 93 to 94 level on the summer months uh, is a target that we had. We actually hit the 100-day moving average today for July hogs um, and then backed off. Um, I, you know, if you're, if you're a producer, I would think hard and long about taking advantage of maybe this, finally this big rally. I mean, we we just put twenty dollars on July hawks. Okay, uh, so you know the the I would I would I would take a little bit of advantage of this rally if you're a marketer. The the the, the sad part of the, the the hog thing or the reality is is that I continue to still hear these massive talks of liquidation, uh, you know, extra uh, breeding slaughter. Uh, you know, breeding ca- uh, hogs going to slaughter. Um, and maybe less than stellar export demand, which you need when you have this many hogs every day. So be a little, be a little heads up here in the hog thing. It's nice to see a rally, but uh, it's it just put on twenty dollars, and I'd be a little I'd be a little sensitive to that. And of all the proteins, this is the one that has the global demand that continues to rise. You're you're right, and I think you know I think that the whole red meat thing when you talk you know if i could generalize a little bit about this global meat thing uh i just spent a little bit of time digging around with some of the export stuff here day before yesterday um we're in pretty nice shape really uh it's just that i think the market's got such high expectations particularly in the pork but like last week's comprehensive beef too 11 percent of the beef that we produced went for export 11 percent. that's that's a big number for beef um at least traditionally it is. So um, I, I really have a hard time listening to the demand bears because I, I just don't think their story is, it's, that's not, maybe we'll get there, but that's not where we are today in my opinion. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up as we get ready on this Thursday for the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle Hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 Bear Seed brands to launch the new Enhanced Channel Seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Brad Coima. Brad, of course, with Coima, Coima, and Varlick out of Sioux Center, Iowa. Do we call it the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to this weather? Because everybody's talking about a weather market. There's nothing we can do to change who's getting rain and who's not. But then we're going to throw in some higher temperatures, and it just kind of makes the market in a weird spiral going on. Well, there's no question about it. And as you know, if you're trying to be an 
analytical, you know, trying to come up with something that I can be helpful with uh, customers, these things are really difficult for somebody like me uh, because the weather is, um, well, unpredictable, right? Um, and even there, there's times when uh, one can't tell if it indeed is raining in the right or wrong spot or not. You know, there are certain spots of the Corn Belt where things look really good. Um, and I understand and, and know, I know you're living in a spot like that. I, I, and, I, and I think, you know, the market is really on um, the, just south of the Great Lakes, this high that's hung up right there south of the, of the Great Lakes. Um, and I'm not a meteorologist, but obviously this time of year, this, all we do is listen to, I think we subscribe to three different weather services here. Uh, the one, the Euro model, the one that's been hot, the one that's been kind of right lately, uh, and that's what a trader, you know, you go with a hot hand, right? Uh, that's the one that says that that high-pressure system indeed is not going to move much, if at all, uh, which means that as these systems come tracking in out of the out of the west, and there's a particularly big system in the northwest right now, uh, that if that doesn't move, that's not going to allow any moisture to, f- to flow through that area where it is, uh, you know, critically dry now. Um, and that's what spiked it here. Now, if you rewind here Susan, a couple of weeks you remember ago we were talking about how these so-called weather experts were saying well you know it's going to be hot and not much rain but the middle of june it's all going to change <laughs> and magically right and i remember us being sarcastic and you're thinking well i wonder how they know that you know it's like what time 10 30 on the 15th or when will that be right you know so there is some other weather um doctors that think indeed that that that, that we switch the la nina el ninos uh, deal and that 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 uh, big high-pressure thing does move off to the northeast and allows more normal flow, more um, disruptive-type weather patterns. And so that, that's where we're at. And I think another complication of the whole an analytical field here is that we, we, we added a mini 4th of July weekend. Uh, historically, the 4th of July weekend is kind of the, okay, we got a drought for real, now we really go ripping higher, uh, or... Um, or it isn't, right? We come out of that weekend and say, oh, it's raining after all. looks like we're going to get a crop. And then often, you know, we'll, we'll tip the fulcrum the other direction. Uh, so with the Juneteenth holiday, uh, it was where I was going with that. we got another long weekend coming up, which stresses out that trader even more and makes him more nervous and gives you more volatility like we had today. I was going to ask you about that, how much that weighs in on what you guys see in this marketing. It, well, it definitely does. Um, and I, I think... And I think it cuts both ways, although it seems like the end user, when you're coming into a situation like you have right now where we had a short crop last year, okay, corn and beans, so you got, you know, carryouts that we got by, but they're tight, okay? Uh, so then if you would happen to throw on another short crop this year, then, of course, it could get to be a rodeo. Uh, uh, and so I think, you know, that risk factor, you know, for the guys that need to buy corn probably is what wins the day on a Thursday and a Friday ahead of the long weekend like that. For fun, I, I, I isn't answering your question, but for fun, I was looking at the 212 charts. Uh, uh, you know, that was a big drought year, right? Um, and because uh, the guy asked me, when did it start then? Well, it started right. June 15 was a steady day that year. The 16th, it was higher, and then it just took off. Uh, so we're in that window where, you know, it's, it's, it's getting important now, uh, and especially so for corn, uh, whether or not this rain develops or not. So EPA announced that they're going to delay their announcement for the biofuel mandate now till June 21st. Is that weighing in at all on what we see in this trade? It's certainly, without a doubt, part of the market, Susan, but it's getting backburnered by the weather. Um, 
I'm not sure that, you know, I was trying to talk to a few of the, the, my cronies here about what, what the view of that was, that the way, the way that seems to be trending is not particularly positive at all, but uh, the market is caring more about whether it's raining in Indiana or not, um, uh, and other places, of course. But So let's, we need to keep our eyes on that. It's funny why they just wouldn't do it on the date they said they were going to do it. Does that mean they're not going to? And if that is the case, then what does that mean to the biodiesel deal particularly? Um, uh, so we've got to keep our eyes on it, but I guess right now we'll trade weather first and all the rest second. All right, so kind of hold on to your hats, hope for rain, hope for a decent crop, and then see how the markets react from there, pretty much in a nutshell, right? I think so. I, you know, I wish there was more help, but I, I, predicting the weather is impossible. So I find myself grabbing my chart book, okay? And and so November beans today got right to the 100-day moving average. That's an area that you you probably would provide a little resistance, okay? Uh, keep an eye on that. December corn all the way back to the, the old high of that trading range that we were in this spring. You know, remember we'd get to 575, 576, and then sell off. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Hey, you can kkvtrading.com is, is an easy way, right? I mean, if for the kkvtrading.com. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.